What's up, guys? Welcome to Cinespection. We just saw you 30 seconds ago. <laughs> if you were listening to us, John, I felt like that video became a rant. Unfortunate. Right. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. We're really, really we were sorry about it for that. An rant. Hour. Yeah, it was yeah. a bit of a rant from both of us. Like there's no not one person that that kept our cool. You and I are usually cool in our reviews. I know, I know. But it's this bond we're talking about. We gotta be passionate. Like that's that's what we gotta be passionate about bond. Because... Yeah, I mean that's what we love. It's like one of the things that is as we told somebody earlier, like it's sacred to us. Like Yes. Yeah. Yes, you should not mess with the way we watch and enjoy uh, James Bond movies. Yeah. Um, and I think this movie played with our feelings for entirely different reasons, but it played with our feelings, and you know, we we, we are sensitive like Bond in the in, in the new movies. But unlike the new movies in the early movies, Bond didn't give a shit. So we're gonna talk about those <laughs> movies where Bond just didn't give a crap about anything. Um, and and in in this case, we're gonna talk, John, about your picks. Right? My picks. Oh, like yeah. and subscribe if you're just tuning into this one. Like and subscribe. Yeah. Um, your your picks. They're not your favorite movies. Why don't you introduce these movies? Uh, yeah. Why you so picked them? I I picked these because we both wanted to pick four movies that meant different things, different eras, different like Bondy feelings, right? I don't know. Anyway, so my picks were Thunderball, Man with the Golden Gun, Golden Eye, Casino Royale. So. Some of my picks are like some of the highest rated bonds out there, and then others are like mid tier or low. I think most mid tier. Like I don't think anything's bad here. Um, well, let's start with Thunderball because I think that that is it's one of the best Bond movies in my opinion. I love it. I love the plot. Um, the the whole plot is that basically. Um, uh, plane oh, is wait, stolen. No, if you're gonna talk about the plot, we gotta do the thing. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, let's do it. Let's do. It. But this one's a pretty simple plot. But let's do it. I yeah. know what I did, and I picked John explains the plot of Foundation. That's what we have. Okay. Oh well, um, I can, but I don't. It's want actually to. the plot Thunderball. of Thunderball. So Thunderball is actually oh, a pretty... John, you told me in the chat. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I think all right, so I think that Thunderball has one of the best storylines. And we'll get to this later, but they do remake this movie in the nineteen eighties. Um which with... we might or might not review soon. Yeah, sounds like we might be. But um so Bond is at a spa <laughs> for whatever reason. You these are old Bond movies, so you just have to dispel belief for whatever reason Bond is in this scenario. Which so I read is actually explained thoroughly in the book, why he's in the spa. Oh, okay. Well, yes, go ahead. So in the movie, he's at a spa, and he, like, there's this big fight scene for whatever reason. It doesn't matter. No, you can, <clears throat> John, you're doing it again. It starts with a fight scene. Oh, it starts with a fight scene, then he goes to the spa. spa. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then uh, the he, like, runs into with a With a pretty kick-ass jetpack. Oh yeah, he flies away with jetpack. That's how he gets which is away. a real, which is actually thing. a real they thing. thing. They had a yeah. guy using a jetpack in the '60s, which was insane because it it literally we have jetpacks now, right? But it's like a super rare thing. But they did it in the '60s. But I, I read that it could only last like 30 seconds, and it was like crazy. <laughs> like they shouldn't have done it. Basically, it shouldn't have been a thing. But but back they, then they were like, yeah, you might die, but whatever. yeah, but whatever, you're stuck. <laughs> uh, which is why some of the old school James Bond movies have the best. Um, 
like special effects, practical effects, because they actually just like the corkscrew of the car. They did that. Like they actually corkscrewed a car. We'll get into that later. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, basically, guy gets plastic surgery to take over for a pilot. They kill the pilot, change his face, whatever. He's gone. Bye. This new pilot takes the plane, kills everybody on it. Plane lands. It has nukes. And then Spectre, two nukes for no reason. Like yeah. I don't know why they have two. Well, nukes. okay, so it's, but it's 1960, so like you, you gotta frame the time frame. Everybody's flying around with nukes, or like that's what I think we thought. Um, <laughs> anyway, plane. The it. guy, the guy runs the plane into the water, and then Spectre swoops in and takes the nukes and load them up onto this boat that sails away. And then James the Bond has to figure out this out. Yeah, this one of the most, um, one of the coolest James Bond vehicles ever. Yeah, not not James like James Bond franchise vehicle. Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disco Volante. Yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. And then Bond has to get the bombs back. Yeah. Um. Let's 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 start with the bad because there is only one really bad thing in this movie, and that is everything between the opening credits. And when Bond gets to Nassau, which is uh, Bahamas, which uh-huh. is where the, the bulk of the movie is set, everything there, everything in the spa is very bad. It's 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 yeah. one of the most boring parts of the Bra- of the Bond franchise. He gets into this pissing contest contest with the pilot that's gonna ultimately steal the bombs and um and 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 like he he's put in a like a massage machine and he can't get away, and then he's like a bit creepy with the massage lady, and then she's very... like super infatuated by him. Don't don't say yeah. that word. Don't say yeah. Don't say no, it. I'm not going to. But very creepy. Very creepy. Um, <clears throat> it's just a bad opening, like setting up the conflict. Like the, the you know the first act, the first act you got to use it. You know for those who don't know, you got to use to set up characters and conflict. Right, and then you have an inciting incident, which is what triggers the second act, right? And in then this the inciting case, the incident, bomb being stolen. No, no, no. In this case, bomb going to Bahamas, because I think, well, it's you around think, the same. Yeah, it's around the same. It's one, one or the other. I don't know, but um, yeah, probably the bomb being stolen, or Bond being assigned to get it, or Bond going to a yeah, but one of those. Um, so the first act is terrible. It's it's yeah. really really bad, right? You can basically – so the reason that John explains the plot is so funny is because I usually get things wrong. And the reason you get things wrong is because it's, like, not the most graceful or memorable or, like, doesn't actually, like, pertain to the plot. You could cut out this and make it into, like, a 10-minute scene and it would probably work. Like, yes. Bond has no reason to be in the spa or anything like that. This movie could have just cut that out, showed you the guy getting the face – change the plastic surgery stealing the bomb the bomb's going away that could have been like a five minute heist yes. uh and then james bond would have just got assigned to it because he's james bond like he gets assigned to every big world saving event right um anyway yeah so yeah. It, it you could lose most of it. It, it it is yeah you could lose it but once you get past that this movie's fucking awesome yeah it's 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 an awesome Awesome. So movie. I love it. 
you know the rebreather, the thing that the little yes. thing that he okay, so evidently Obi Wan uses it. Obi Wan and Qui-Gon yeah, use them. But <laughs> remember and, uh, evidently in the nineteen sixties, the the like US government of some sort, I don't know what department, actually reached out to the production uh and was like, How are you doing that? We need that type of technology. And they're like, It's a fucking movie. Like, it's what do you think we're doing? Yeah. Um <laughs> oh, and that's like a true like there's all these behind the scene James Bond stuff that you can look into, but that's one of them. This movie, I love it. I love it. Has one of the biggest underwater choreographed scenes that you could ever imagine. Like cinematography, underwater cinematography, yeah. outstanding. outstanding. And for the time, and, and they they remade this movie because they made this movie way too early, in my opinion. Like the technology wasn't there to make this movie what it should have been, um, or or if the technology but, was but there, nothing's... the budget. The budget but wasn't nothing's there. bad about like I feel like like they, they they found really creative ways to make this feel yeah. like an event movie. Like I don't think it suffers in any way because of budget. It's still great. It's, it's just really great. I mean, like Sean Connery, like in that point where he was like super into Bond, you mm-hmm. know, he hadn't gotten fed up with the publicity. He was like, you know, coming off fresh of Goldfinger. Um, you got a, a really, really great female lead in Domino, right? yeah. who's the sister of the of the pilot who's impersonated to steal the bombs. Um, she's great. She's not a damsel in distress, even though she's kind of like the mistress of, you know, the specter yeah. number two. If you're wondering, okay, this is the thing about, about Thunderball that we have to mention. Probably a good, like, 20% of the jokes from uh, the first Austin Powers movie Come from, from Thunderball. Thunderball. Yeah. Like number two, the villain is literally number two. He has an eye patch. Yeah. Then that scene where the villain kills his enemies. No, not his enemies. The the guys who are incompetent from his um um uh he has a t- uh, like a long table of like associates. Yeah. And the ones that fuck up, he electrocutes them. That happens in Austin Powers. That is from Thunderball as well. The sharks. Right? The sharks, exactly. Not not with lasers, but the yeah, not with lasers, but the the shark pool and everything like the that. Shark yeah, pool that, is from Thunderball. Yeah, that uh, it. Yeah, they've really, really heavily drew from it, yeah, which makes it even it, better when you watch. If you watch like one and then the other, because sometimes when you watch movies that have been he- so heavily parody, like you feel like oh, it lost a bit of its charm or a bit of yeah. Its, uh, this one didn't at all. Like I thought it was amazing. I, I love this movie. Yeah. Um, like for example, the underwater scenes, like something that just it's like done with really, really clever editing and really, really brave divers is the amount mm-hmm. of swimming with sharks. Tons There's a lot of, of yes. scenes of swimming with char- sharks. Yeah, there are. I mean, big sharks, like big fucking sharks. And it's all real. Like you can tell yes. in this movie, it's all like all the underwater scenes. It's not like. They shot it like behind a glass sheet or something to make it look like it's underwater. Like this is all done underwater. They're they had either guy, free diving yeah. or they're sitting there with, you know, they're actually wearing scuba gear. Uh, yes. Yeah. In the scene where they're in the skid in this movie is really cool. The big orange triangle. I don't know what you call that thing. The thing that has the bombs on it. It's actually oh, really yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Skid is that the word? I don't know what it is. Like it's where the like the bombs are sitting, and then they all have like the super fast like moving 
things to hold behind. I don't know. All the underwater gadgets are kind of cool. Like Bond is wearing a special underwater like jetpack thing almost that like makes him go really fast. Um, yeah, it's all the it's underwater. Really gadgets. good. It's Sean Con- Connery must have spent hours and hours swimming because he swims here, sporting some really cool trunks. You know, nineteen sixties <laughs> yeah. trunks that kind of like you know are like really really short, and you know some cool guy shirts. You know, he's yeah. like he has like that cool guy at the beach look throughout the whole movie. He doesn't wear suits very much for that second half, of course. Um, he doesn't have to. Um, and and I mean, let's talk about the villain, because I find this Largo guy a really, really good villain. He is a good villain. Like, the plot is thought out really well. <clears throat> like, yeah. the villain isn't an idiot, even down to the end scene where they have an escape plan where they can dump half the boat and it turns into a hydrofoil. That is, like, just super cool. Um, and they did it for real, and they blew up at least a model or something. Yeah, it, they blew up something that looks like the the butt of the. Yeah, yeah, and then I mean, it, it's I, I I wouldn't put a single like complaint about like second ha- second act on, which yeah. is you know like an hour and a half of really really great James Bond stuff. Yeah, it is, and. They use harpoons so great, like to all kill each the other. time, <laughs> all the time, including you know to kill the main guy. So it, it's awesome. If you haven't seen Thunderball, by please Domino. watch it. Yeah, killed by or Domino. Run. The bad killed guy by is by Domino. Yeah, he's not killed by Bond. Bond, which is also, I mean, something about the Craig era. He doesn't. He didn't kill most of the bad guys. Yeah, right? he, he didn't kill the chief. He didn't kill Dominic Green. He killed. Um, Javier Bardem. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't kill Blofeld. Yeah. And he killed... Uh, so he killed two out of five. Um, Sean Connery usually kills the bad guys. Um, yeah, but he didn't hear. It, he didn't it was hear. just please, if you have not seen Thunderball, which most of the people that are talking about Bond right now have never watched Thunderball or any of the older <laughs> most ones. Of the, the Twitter Bond experts. Yeah. I've never seen anything from this era. This is like... One of my favorite movies. Like, I, I, I don't know where they all rank. I've never actually put it down because it's, it, I think it kind of moves around. But this is always up there. This is something I can go watch over and over again and always awesome, love it. Awesome name. Awesome name of the movie. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. It's just like code word by the British to yeah. refer to this operation. Um, love Thunderball. Go watch it. Um, let's move on to the next one. John, you picked this one from the Roger Moore era. Among the Roger Moore films, why this one? So, one, because everybody knows what the Golden Gun is, but most people don't know where it actually comes from. Yes. Okay? It wasn't so, made up by a programmer. Yeah. Nintendo yeah. 64 games, yeah. It, it didn't really belong in, in GoldenEye. It has really nothing to do with GoldenEye, but, like, neither does Odd Job or whatever. Those were just, like, paying homage to, to old Bond movies. Um, this is an interesting Bond movie because it starts out with the villain not only knowing who Bond is, but basically planning to, like, lure Bond in to murder him. Yeah, it's a guy who enjoys... It's like a almost like an extreme sports guy, right? Yeah. It's, it's like almost like the most dangerous game. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the story. I've read the story. Um, right. Um, it's, it's almost like, like, a guy, like, I feel like this was probably inspired by that or, or the other way or around. Or something, yeah. Similar, yeah. 
Um, he has a little person sidekick in this movie that like kind of helps him. I'm not talking about Bond. I'm talking about the villain, um, which I think that was inspired by another movie. Um, anyway, a pretty pretty badass little person. Like, yeah, he, he was great. Yeah, I mean, he's the reason that like Bond almost dies at one point. So like you know, uh, it, I don't know. The it's it's a good movie for people to watch to understand like some of the origins of bond. Also, you mentioned it in the, the previous pod, but um, the main bond woman, I, I don't know what we're calling them anymore, but female protagonist is kind of like ditzy, but she kind of does. She like kills a guy, which ends up blowing up the entire base. And she accidentally like bumps into something that, they put her in the trunk of a car. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's she's very dumb. Uh, I think that's the weakest part of this film. There's other weak parts, but that is by far the weakest. And interestingly enough, there's actually two f- prominent female characters in this one. One is, mm-hmm. is Mary Goodnight. And the other one, her name is, I think, Andrea. Uh, she's played by Ma, an actress named Maude Adams, who then went on to play Octopussy. <laughs> A few movies later. Yeah. So she's the only woman who has been a female, a Bond woman or whatever you want to call it. A female lead in a, well, she's not a female lead, but a Bond woman, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. In two movies, like pretty close together. Like she didn't do it 20 years later. This is like probably five, six years later she played again. I think that character is way more interesting than the actual uh, female lead in this movie. And I think that's why they brought it back to play Octopussy. Yeah. I mean, what did you think about the movie? I know you just finished watching it. Yeah. Look, I I like it. A big part of it because this was the first like old Bond movie that I watched. You know, like after I watched The World, uh, sorry, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies and The World's Not Enough, like around that era is when I started like getting into like, okay, I need to watch these Bond movies. Yeah. And the first older Bond movie that I watched was The Man with the Golden Gun. So it has a special place for me because it's when you realize, like, okay, this has been going on for 40 years, you know? Yeah. Um. So I like it. It has some really great things. But I think this one has many of the things why I don't believe the best era for Bond was... Uh, the Roger Moore era, the 70s. Yeah. Um, for example, there's a plot point where Bond needs to get a bullet uh, from the, the golden gun back, and that bullet is in a lady's belly button. And then when he tries to get it, the bullet gets, like, he swallows it, and then he gets in a taxi, and the taxi says, where to? And he says, to the pharmacy. So I guess he's going to get some, like, laxative, laxative or something yeah. to crap that out. Like, those are the kinds of, like, Roger Moore jokes that are a bit cringy. Um, I don't like that. I don't like also that this character that for some reason in the Roger Moore era they believed was a good idea to have, which is Sheriff J.W. Pepper. Yeah. Um, John, why don't you explain the plot of J.W. Pepper's arc? <laughs> you have to explain J.W. Pepper. Oh my god, he should...
Sorry, I should have given you the Yeah, no, so J.W. Pepper <laughs> is just, you know, always antagonized by Bond somehow. And I, I mean, he's like a so good old boy. In, he came in for Live and Let Die. He's a Louisiana police officer. Yes. That's why I was going with good old boy, because that's a more apt description of him. Like, chew in the mouth, you know, kind of redneck. Good old boy. Very redneck. Yeah. Very loud. Very loud. Very he, um, yeah. Dukes of Hazardy, if you you know the reference. Like, very much like something like that. Like Boss Hog yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I have never seen it, but I do know what it is. Um, did you watch that remake with Johnny Knoxville? And, uh, <laughs> was... I, I didn't watch it. <laughs> Just, um, Jessica Simpson was the yes. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, I don't know any of that. I feel like I was wondering that when I was watching it today, I was like, is this just the joke that I don't get because I'm not American? So it's funny to have like a very redneck Southern police guy be funny in this movie. Or is it just a bad joke? It was, a, I think at the time in the seventies, like this was a joke. Like it was a thing that was, was just going on. Um, like the dumb cop, you know, I, I I think it was just a thing. I I I understand it, but it's not like super funny. It's kind of annoying, but like it is a thing from the seventies. I feel like it's annoying, and then they bring him back <laughs> for the man with a golden gun, and I will explain why he's there. In the first movie, it makes sense that he's there because he's a Louisiana police officer, and there's a big chase around the. What do you call the? There's a word for the bayou. water formation, the the bayou of um of um uh, Louisiana, Louisiana, right? Yeah. Here he is a tourist in Thailand who is for some reason looking at cars to buy. He is trying to buy a car in Thailand. Did you notice that? And then Bond takes the car, and he's in the car chase with Bond throughout yeah which I mean, is I, one of the stupid is it's even dumber than all the plot conveniences in in no time to die combined so it, it, anyway it, it it's like the band with the golden gun has those things but overall i find it to be very enjoyable and a, in big part it's due to the great performance by christopher lee as the villain mm-hmm. yeah one of the best villains in bond history yeah and I mean, kind of, I don't know, kind of dies inconsequentially, I feel like. Oh, well, let's get into that. Yeah, spoilers, spoilers. But yeah, I mean, obviously the bad guy dies. But um, well, not obviously, because then it's yeah. doesn't kill him. But <laughs> um, okay, well, John, yeah, there's a duel, right? In the end be- between Bond yeah, and it's, Manga, which is the best part of the movie to me. It's sort of a duel. Oh, well, I mean, the duel leads to, there's a duel at the end, and, and then that leads to, like, Saramanga kind of running away into this giant area, which is all set up conveniently, like I was saying at the very beginning, as, like, a James Bond capture device so that he can find him at the end and kill him, right? Like, that's the point. Uh, and it just doesn't work in his favor, and Bond is sitting there pretending to be the mannequin of bond and then he like swings yeah. around and kills him 
But it's well set up since like the first scene. Right? Yeah, it is. It it's it's well set scene. up from the very beginning of the movie. But it's just like you have this amazing villain who's like thought through everything, and then he dies with like just such an inconsequential way. Just he gets shot. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I like the the idea that Bond wins because of his wits. You know, yeah. Bond being clever. I like that. Not just like brute force. He's clever. It's kind of silly, yeah, but I, I mean, it was a duel. I mean, he was going to die. Yeah. I mean, he could have fallen like in a, you know, helicopter, whatever, you know, or something. I don't know, but. A um, giant piece of a sat or of a satellite dish could fall on top of him. Did you, do you remember uh, the movie Con Air? Yeah. Um, remember in, um, like, in the end when John Malkovich is, like, beaten by, uh, by uh Nicolas Cage spoilers I guess <laughs> why even say spoilers after you spoil it right it's really stupid but um <clears throat> that he just like doesn't die like he I think he crashes in a car then falls and something is about to fall on top of him but then he crawls into like this thing that carries him up there and then he falls from that and then a thing crushes his head or something. Do you remember that? It's, it's been like so ridiculous. long. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I think that they could have done something like that, but they just kept it simple. Yeah, it was the world's most simple ending, <clears throat> except yeah. for the fact that there's an absolute zero pool that she like pushes the bad guy into, right? And good, good night pushes. Yeah, which that's the destruction of the base, and then Bond has to try to like. Yeah, it's it just. Well, here's something. And then she bumps into the switch that like turns on the laser beam that like with her ass with her ass. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into some of the good stuff because we've said many. Yeah, names. good stuff. I love the locations. Yep, they, really they shot cool it location. in Macau, um, uh, Thailand, like, and it, it they back then. Like they had a, a really great way of like going to sometimes like poorer countries. I mean, you know, or poor areas of certain countries and kind of like they shot them so well. We, we, we talked about it about on Jamaica when we talked about No Time to Die. Yeah. And they do the same, for example, in India in um, um, uh, uh, Octopussy. Like, you know, they, they, they went to like poorer countries and just shot them really well. So it looks great. Well, they look beautiful. Yeah. In, look their, beautiful. in the original movie shots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then like in No Time and to Die, they just crapped yeah. the bed. But here they shot Thailand really, really beautiful. Like Thailand looks amazing. In this I movie. mean, I think and Thailand then... is that beautiful though, right? Like I think that I, they I'm do. Sure it is. They... I haven't been. Yeah. They, yeah they, I sure think they do a good job of showing like the natural beauty of these places. I mean, and the place where they shot Scaramanga's lair is really, really good. Um, yeah, it's really cool. And then another great thing is where Bond meets M in like this base on a like sinking ship that's apparently off the coast of um, um, Hong Kong or or Macau. I don't know um, geographically exactly where yeah. it is, right? But they set up the ship that's just like there. I don't know if it's still there and like these days but and then m has like a crooked base there so you kind of like walk it just that was so bond yeah i mean it had all of like the bondisms the cool you know the cool gadgets the the great villain the cool layer it's a quintessential bond movie and that's why you should honestly watch it 
Definitely, like, definitely watch it. it. It has some weak points, Sheriff they, JW Pepper, and you know other things that the main uh, female is not the best. But um, yeah, it's a good Bond movie, and it's an essential watch if you're trying to become acquainted with what Bond is about. Yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of golden stuff, uh, your next pick, John, is Goldeneye. Yes, um, probably the most culturally impactful move bond movie of the last 30 years 100 um so i talked about this with you a little bit but <clears throat> the reason i picked this is one it's one of my favorite bond movies and deservingly so i think it's almost perfect as far as bond movies go um but two if you're our age then you remember playing this game on nintendo 64 and to this day there has not been such a perfect like uh, media transfer, right? From movie to video game or video game to movie that's ever happened like GoldenEye did, right? Like usually movie video games suck and video games that are made into movies almost always suck. Um, that's changing a little bit, but for the most part, that stands true, especially in the 90s. Um, so this game is, or this movie is nostalgic because of the game too, but also because it's just fantastic across the board, almost perfect. What do you think? I agree. I mean, I, I did my ranking and I put GoldenEye at the top. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a perfect movie. It certainly isn't a perfect movie. Most movies aren't perfect, but as, 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 as I think, I think the heights that GoldenEye gets to is what every Bond movie should aspire to and, mm -hmm. and few manage to get there. Yep. What are those things? Great practical action. Mm -hmm. Really, really great practical action. Um, a fantastic ensemble cast. Like, every character is memorable. Like, like Boris, the programmer. Who doesn't think about Boris? Like, John, do you hack with I am like, invincible. Like, do, do you do this when you're hacking? Yeah, oh. <laughs> right, yeah. and then you hack with your left hand only. You're like you're pressed for time. You wouldn't be doing this. You just use both hands, right? But and clicking, yeah. But it's just a little character trait, you know. Natalia, the, the female lead, is fantastic. Uh, Shania is uh, a henchwoman. Yeah, she's one of the best hench people in these in this franchise. General Urmov, who's like a secondary villain, is great. Mm -hmm. Alec Trevelyan, played by Sean Bean, is fantastic. Right. So great ensemble cast. Great James Bond, of course. Um, but the plot is amazing the, too. The, the plot is good, and it has like a tongue-in-cheek tone, mm -hmm. but not overtly stupid. Like, yeah, it's not the seventies, it's not the sixties, it's not Daniel Craig. No, but, it's but not, it still has some dark not moments. Not all of those, except yeah, it's not not all those. It's the right for me. That's why the pre the Brosnan era is one of my probably my favorite or one of my favorites because it just struck the right balance of yes this is a bond movie so it it is stupid yeah but i don't know if it's stupid but it's 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 silly um but at the same time like it's not the ridiculous bond where you know yeah um, then it becomes like five movies later it out. yeah yes yes it becomes exactly. it eventually but, but this is day, yeah. yeah yeah but this is i mean like you said everybody's memorable the gadgets are awesome. The, I mean, you can. The only thing that like doesn't hold up in this movie is like <clears throat> what people thought the internet was, and like 
the the you know the early nineties. Um, but everything else really, really, really sticks. Works. I mean, the spoilers, but the betrayal of you know 006 to 007. Um, I remember the first time I saw this, or probably the first time that I can remember that I saw it. Right, was like when Sean Bean comes back. You're like, what? He's alive? Like you know, you don't know, and it's just like a huge twist. Um, and what's interesting about this movie is the twist happens halfway through, right? Like it's not at the ve- usually movies wait until the very end and it's like a twist and he would die right away, but you figure out the twist and then it keeps going. Um, keeps going. and you find out who the real villain is here. And like, it, it's as far as bond goes, it it's pretty much, I won't say it's perfect, but it's nearly perfect. It's it's nearly perfect, and and I mean something interesting is that people will like, especially these days, um, people will say that, um, like the 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 Craig movies were like super progressive because they did things different, and you know, and that's fine, you can say that, but this movie, like twenty years before any Daniel Craig movie, or well, I guess. 10 years before any Daniel Craig movie had a female M come in. And one of the first things she tells Bond is you're a sexist, misogynist dinosaur and a relic of the cold war. Like it's just like, she just tells him like, I don't like you and you will respect me. Yeah. And I thought that was just brilliant. Like you have to like, because again, it just movies can have a social message, and that's fine. The problem is that many movies these days try to be like overly um, em- emphasize the social message a bit much, which makes some people cringe. Um, but this one, she just came in, and it's like, yeah, this is what this is now, Bond. So like, you better get used to it, which I yeah. I thought was genius. It was. It was. It was a great introduction. Like it, it's. I love Goldeneye. I could watch this movie over and over again. I really, I have, really could. I, I mean, yeah, I have. Yeah. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no stopping my love of it. it. It's the same that it was when I first saw it when I was a kid. So, And something that was really big about Goldeneye at the time and still now is that it was shot in Russia. After having Bond be, you know, the Cold War secret agent mm-hmm. for 30 years... All of a sudden, it's like we're filming this in St. Petersburg, and guess what? We're also using a tank. And yeah. the tank is gonna wreck to the streets of St. Petersburg, and it's gonna be really <laughs> uh, like one of the best action sequences yeah. in Bond history. It's gonna be hilarious, and it's in Russia, so like we're done with the Cold War, but we have a lot of like a lot of stories to tell. So let's just get to those. And I like that he still has the Bond car at the beginning. And then at the end, of course, he switched over to the BMW, but he still has the Bond. I don't know. This movie is perfect for me as far as Bond goes. I, it's, I, it's, it's probably uh, my highest ranked one. Yeah, it's the first appearance of the Aston Martin DB5 since Thunderbolt. No, is it in Thunderbolt? No, it's not in Thunderbolt. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the last appearance of that car? It had been a really long time. I don't know. I think, I think probably you no, only lived no twice. Dalton. No, you only live twice. Yeah, no. Well, Dalton didn't even have cars. Yeah. I was thinking about today. He didn't really have cars, um, and and uh, uh, Moore usually drove a Lotus. Um, 
So anyway, it was like a long time with, without that car. And now, yeah. right now, you assume that car is going to show up in every movie, but that didn't happen for 20 years. Yeah. Right? And then this came back. Yeah, it's a great movie. I, I encourage everybody like that has just like like most people on Twitter has only watched the Daniel Craig movies and pretend to know what James Bond is about. Go watch GoldenEye because that is the right balance that I wish more Bond movies these days were aspire to because it's okay to be a bit silly. Um, and it's okay to have, you know, Bond have like a complex, you know, character situation, but it still needs to be a Bond movie. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing on my list today is this comes up on everybody's list because it is because arguably, it's the one they've seen. Yeah. It's the one they've seen. And it is arguably the best Daniel Craig movie. Um I know you like Spectre better, don't you? I I do like Spectre better. I don't know if it's a superior movie. I think yeah. it's different what I like and what I acknowledge to be a superior movie. Yeah. So this is a completely new Bond. This is not the James Bond that we had seen before. There is. Which, a, if we want to get into more, we went into it. In, yeah, in just watch the last extensively. <laughs> yeah, we we dug into No Time to Die, which eventually becomes the James Bond that I know and love. But anyway, um. And this this Bond has really no gadgets, uh, no no special car other than just a, a car that has a defibrillator and a gun in it, which is nothing like crazy. Um, car, though, but no, I mean, arguably one of the best. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's just a completely change of pace for Bond. Uh, the villain is kind of known right away, but like the larger scheme of things. A great villain, a yeah. fantastic villain. Like a gr look, the villain is way better than anything else in the movie to mm -hmm. me, probably. And I mean, I know everybody loves uh, this movie just because it is so different, and they go and. I think the problem is a lot of people watched uh, this as their first Bond movie. As we get older, Gabe, and there are younger people than us, and this was like their. Golden Eye, right? Um, and this was the very first Bond that they saw. Uh, and, and that's why they love it so much. And when they go back and they watch the movies from the 90s or 80s, 70s, 60s, it's so campy and so different in some ways that maybe they're not watching the right ones or whatever, but they end up not liking anything before this because it's well, so it's, different. It's it's funny because they say that Daniel Craig brought a, di brought a different perspective and he changed the genre, but at the same time, they haven't seen the old movies. And as you say, if they watched them, they'd be like, oh, they're so silly. Like, Daniel Craig is better. And it's like, well, but you just acknowledge that. Like, it's, it's, it's a mixed thing of people that don't have a lot to compare to that just talk about the movies as if they know them. And not to say that we're James Bond snobs, but we kind yeah, of are. We kind um, of are. Yeah. Uh, you want to know why I don't love this movie? Why? I, I mean, again, if you guys love it, if you love it, John, just like you know, great for you. I don't want to convince you to not like it. I'm just gonna tell you why I don't like it. Go ahead. It's very long. It's almost as long as No Time to Die. It's like two it and a half hours, I think. Yep. And I think everything before and after the casino 
is not that great. I think that the opening scene is good. I, I like the opening scene. I the opening the scene credits. is one of my my favorite <laughs> scenes. The uh, airplane scene. The is... airplane scene I find completely superfluous. Like I find it to be like filled with product placement, like the phone, and then he well, goes this to that is... body exposition. Remember that this movie? Like I don't know, I don't know why, but they really sold the product placement. So like uh, <laughs> James Bond orders a Heineken first off. Uh, this was the first time that James Bond had ever ordered a Heineken, right? Um, he drives a, a Ford. A Ford, which I love that scene because I think it's hilarious, but he does drive a Ford. There's Sony the placement everywhere. Yeah, but everywhere. well, Sony Sony produces the movie or, or distributes it or something. I can't remember, but that's why their products are everywhere. Yeah, but let me let me get to my negatives. I think I don't I don't think that scene like I don't think that scene in Miami it takes forever. I don't think it goes anywhere. It's just setting up that oh these people are going to use the the chief's money for evil things. I guess I don't know. Well, no, they're shorting it. Like that's why they're blowing it up. It sets up the plot. I just think that they could have done it a lot easier. But... They could have done it a lot easier. They I think they realized there's not enough action in this movie. We got to put some action in there because if you think about it, the the book I believe starts when Bond enters the casino. Um, which I have not read the book, but I believe it starts when Bond enters the casino. <clears throat> if you think about all the scenes in the casino, there's no action there. It's yeah. just perfectly executed poker games. Like this is like something people don't think about very much, but making a poker game as engaging and tense, that's just Martin Campbell being a, the genius that he is as a director when he makes good movies, which yeah. doesn't happen very often. But, um, when he when he he does it he does it because that that whole scene with the poker uh, those whole those scenes with the poker are all fantastic and the scenes of him talking to Vesper are great the train scene like everything like casino in but then I feel like then it has almost like a fourth act um, which is everything in Venice right like it yeah. feels like the movie should have ended but it goes on for half an hour more. I mean, we know why, because we knew that, or they knew that they were making a two-part movie, right? They went into it with the idea that they were going to make Quantum of Solace directly uh, follow. I mean, but th this works without Quantum of Solace, I, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it still does. To function. It, yeah. it still does work. Um, still, I, it works really well. I, I just, I think, look, I mean, I think, like I said before in the other show, and go watch that one for more, but... Uh, it took me a while to get used to the the Craig Bond. It felt too different yeah. for me. It felt it, it just I was just like, why is James Bond not ordering his martini shaking not stirred? Why is he you know getting his balls crushed? Like you know like whatever like all those things like like just like it, it, it was a curve for me to kind of like get used to that. Yeah. Um, but um, I recognize that. Uh, that it's a really well executed movie. It's very engaging. Uh, it gets better on rewatch, which is better than you can say about many action movies. Yeah. Right. Um, and the length, you know, it, it does feel the length, but it's never boring. Um, it's just not as good to me as it was during those, like that hour and a half in Montenegro. Yeah. I mean, I understand your points. Like, it is a very long movie. Um, and I won't say that this is my favorite Bond movie, but it is it's a many good, people's favorite. Yeah. It's many people's favorite. 
probably it is a good it is a good ones. movie. It's a really good yeah. movie. I wouldn't. I I think I told you this before, but like when we were even talking about Vesper, Vesper is not the female like companion that Bond has in the later movies, uh, like No Time to Die or in the earlier movies. Um, you could really replace this with any action hero in that that could work, right? It doesn't have to be Bond. This could be whatever. Well, I mean, that that could work in its like detriment, right? Because we're saying that like that's my problem. Well, a generic that's, screenplay, you know. Well, like, that's kind of my problem with it. I I do like it, but it's not like Go watch our No Time to Die thing, and it'll tell you all the reasons I love Bond. <laughs> We've been talking about Bond for almost two hours, John. Yeah. So the uh, yeah. So I, I mean, go watch that, and it'll tell you all the reasons that I love to talk about Bond. This movie is lacking in all of those reasons that I, what I think makes a James Bond movie, and it's way more than just this one character named James Bond. It is a makeup of like Q and gadgets and all of these other things. So anyway, that's my two cents. But if they were trying to make this like this guy is will become Sean Connery, I thought that's what they were going to do. I thought that that's what they were going to do. And then Dr. No would like they were creating the very first movie that came before Dr. No. That's what I thought that they were. That's what I thought they were doing, too. Um, And luckily they didn't, because I like that they let like Craig, you know, just do his you know, do his thing. Yeah. don't have to tie it to anybody, even though he was the only one that had like a prequel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, thing and and yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's it's a great movie. It is. Go watch it. Um, it's a it's a great movie that I mean everybody has seen it, so we don't need to, we don't need to recommend it, right? But if you wanna like have a bit more on Bond, because Bond, I mean, we've been talking about it for two hours. It's. It means something different to everybody, but if you've seen the entire suite of 25 movies, there is a certain thing that Bond has its own tropes of because it is such a like legacy series, right? Um, Yeah, and I think in some ways, like it might mean something different to each person because it's such an enduring icon. Yeah. Right. Um, in, in, in a way, it, it could be like Star Wars or, 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 you know, those things. But I feel like there's something about Bond that's different that, you know what? I grew up with a Brosnan Bond. Um, this person grew up with Timothy Dalton. You know, some people might have the first Bond movie I saw was Timothy Dalton's Bile and Take. <laughs> right. And um, some people, most of the people we know would say Daniel Craig. Um, and, you know, Great for Daniel Craig. Great first movie. He proved people wrong. People were really pissed that he was cast as Bond. Remember, that was this whole thing. Yeah, um, because he, he was the first ever blonde James Bond. Blonde James Bond, and they were they were also upset that he um, that there were rumors that he wanted to have a gay scene in the movie, and so people were just like really upset that they didn't want a gay scenes, and he he made it his own. Good for him, but yeah, not that. We shouldn't say that all their movies are better. They're just like different and they're all worth watching. This is a really, really big franchise and there's a lot to watch. And I think hopefully if you watch this like three hours of us talking about Bond, the takeaway is there's a lot to love about Bond. It's Mm -hmm. 
like it's like a, like a brother to us right the bond series you know you love them but you also like get annoyed at them sometimes <laughs> and you have a lot of complaints about the things you don't like about your siblings you know yeah but, but they're still your siblings and they still do so many great things that you can't help to wait to see them again how's that that is a perfect wrap up of of what i think we're saying that's john at joe firth on twitter um I'm Gabe at Film Opinion Eyes on Twitter. Um, tune in because we will keep talking movies and TV shows. Eventually, I... we'll stop talking James Bond, but, but probably not that soon. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Maybe another, week. yeah, we'll see you next week. Maybe another James Bond, one little last piece. Maybe. See ya.